0: Hello, my beautiful people. Thank you for joining me with another episode on Spill With Me, Jenny D. And this week, I do once a month, get to know me, Jenny D. And I just kind of tell stories and things that are happening in my life or things that, that I think that will be interesting for us to talk about. So this week on my podcast, I am talking about funny first job experiences or just your first job that you remember that you had. It could be babysitting. It could be working at a fast food restaurant or anything like that. So let me start by saying, my I feel like I've had a lot of jobs. Is that bad? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking back and I'm thinking, wait, but I was a worker. I like to work. I like to have money. So back in my day, my stepdad owned a restaurant and a deli. It's called Rudy's Subplace Special. And it was in Mount Oliver. I think it was like on the top of 18th Street and, um, oh, jeez, I can't remember the street. It's the main street. Is it Brownsville Road? I don't know. Anyway, I worked there for years and years and years. But the first time I worked there, I think I was a lot younger. I started, what I did was I started to, to work the hoagie sales. And let me tell you, if anybody out there has ever done a hoagie sale for schools, You got to get up at four o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like an assembly line. So you all come into the restaurant, go to the back of the room. We have all these stainless steel tables set up, right? Somebody puts the buns down, cuts them, puts them down. Somebody does the, we used, I can't tell you the ingredients. Although the restaurant's not there anymore. But um, we would put salami down. We would put the prevalent cheese, capicola, and some more salami. But anyway, everybody would have a job. The worst job when you're doing hoagie sale is cutting the onions. I cried every time I would cut the onions on the slicer. I thought, this is the worst job ever because there's no way you could not cry. I mean, if you don't cry cutting onions, I mean, I'm talking about the strong onions on a slicer, not when you're just cutting them and chopping them into something that you're eating for dinner. I'm talking about like real big onions and you're doing a lot. Oh, they're the worst. And you smell like an onion all day, weeks. I mean, I always smelled like a hoagie every time I left there. I didn't mind it. Those Italian hoagies were delicious. So we would put those, the hoagies together. We'd make the little baggies with the lettuce and tomato and onion, put the dressing in, and we would, my stepdad and I would get in the truck, load all the hoagies, put them in their plastic bags, and go down to like dice or different schools down in the city, and we would give them their hoagies, and they'd give us our check, and we'd be on our way. They were mostly for their fundraisers, so they would make money off of selling the hoagies. So that was like my first official job, and I worked there all through college. I'd come home and work, and I loved it. The people that I met there were just so wonderful. And there were so many different people there. There were young people, older people, there were kids, there were adults. And it just it was so nice because I was living in a townhouse in Pleasant Hills. So I would drive all the way to Mount Oliver and I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the people. You know, people I love working with people. That's my favorite thing. I know I'm doing a podcast and I'm talking through a microphone in my closet right now, if you really want to know. And I, you know, I'd really enjoy the face to face and talking, but that's what I do with my interviews. And that's what I do when I go out and do my reels. Okay, anyway, I'm getting off the subject. So that was like my official job, and it was great. And then after I did that, I mean during that, I think I even would sell hoagies in my neighborhood, in my townhouses. But I made sure that I was always working or doing something. And I don't know about you, but I love my clothes, even though we couldn't afford... Well, no, I better not say that. It's not that we couldn't afford the clothes. It's just like, I didn't want to spend money on things that were expensive when I was young on clothes. So I got a job. I don't know. I think my friend got me this job at Merry-Go-Round at Century 3 Mall. (laughs) And you're never going to guess. I was a freeze model. Let me say that again freeze model. Does anybody know what that is? Well, let me explain it to you. It's like a mannequin person that's really alive. Is that kind of help you? You're standing in the window of the store, or even, I think I was standing inside the store, like in the middle or something, and I would have their clothes on or whatever they wanted me to do, and I would just stand there still and just look straight ahead. Do you know how hard that is? Hey, don't knock at people. That was a hard job to stand there and be so still. Hardly can't blink your eyes, which you know, anytime somebody walked away, away, I would just blink, blink, blink. But I remember this little kid came into merry-go-round and said, "Mom, is that girl? Is she real?" And I wanted to chuckle so loud. I don't even know what the whole concept about being a freeze model. Like, why were we just? Why couldn't we engage with people? Why didn't we? Why did we have to stand there and not move? But anyway, I got to keep the clothes, so that was a good thing. I did like a a little fashion show at the mall, and I got to keep the clothes. So I guess you can't really consider that my job, because it was kind of like, you do this, and we'll give you the clothes. Um, anybody remember knickers? Okay, I know. It's I'm getting old. <laughs> well, anyway, I did a fashion show, and I wore knickers. It was fun. So in high school, I was... I was actually into acting, and theater was my thing, and singing, and choir, and all kinds of stuff. So I was trying to get some jobs that were in the same field. What I would do was I sang at weddings. I was a wedding singer. I didn't get paid because it was mostly family. (laughs) But, um, you know, so I did a little bit of that. So in high school, you know, high school even to this day, I think it's hard to juggle, but we didn't have the activities and the extracurricular activities after school. You know, Now they have AAU teams, they have sports and some activities that go all year round. So I know a lot of the kids don't have time to really get into these jobs, but I think it was different when I was growing up. We had like, what is that called? Not after school. I was gonna say after school specials. Isn't that the show we used to watch when we came home from school? I don't know. I think we had more of more time because we did intramurals. I can't say the word. Intramurals. Did I say it right? <laughs> we had those kind of activities after school, but they ended early, so we were home. We weren't playing. I was just at my son's ba- baseball game in Upper Saint Clair, and we were there till nine, sometimes nine thirty. We don't get home till late, but. I enjoyed it, even though it was freezing cold. So going back to some of the jobs, I remember in college, I got to be a desk sitter. Because, okay, Westminster College, where I went in New Wilmington, PA, you are considered, oh, I hate to say this word because I don't like this word. Okay, I'll say brothel. If you would have a sorority, you could not have a house in PA because it was more than so many women. I don't know the facts. I really should get the facts on this. Cannot have a sorority house because it's considered a brothel or I don't know. It's really strange. I don't even know if it's still going on today, which to me would be very bizarre if it's still going on today. But we had a floor. So in these uh, Ferguson, I think it was Ferguson, yes, we were on the top floor of the Zetas and then across from us was like the Kappa Deltas and then Alpha Gams were in there and the Sig Caps and Phi Muse, and I think I'm missing someone. I can't remember. But um, I would desk sit, so it was the easiest job ever. I would just sit there at my desk. Somebody would walk in. If they weren't, they were going to visit someone. They had to sign in, and then they can go upstairs. So I did homework. I kind of just sat there. I talked to people. It was like the best job ever, and I, it was minimum wage. And I don't can't even remember how much that was back then. But you know, it, I made sure that I was still working even in college. And then when I would go home, I would work at my stepdad's restaurant. So I always made it a A very important thing for me to have that, to have that. So when I got out of college, I was actually, this is so silly, when I went into Westminster, I was supposed to be a theater arts major and a broadcast minor. Well, they screwed it up and had me as a broadcast major and a theater minor. So I was like, ah, just go with it. And I actually enjoyed being on the television station. I started the entertainment report and it was and then on the radio station I was the lady C <laughs> so I was able to have my own little uh, dedication party you know so I wasn't really getting paid so those were just some of the jobs I had in college but I remember when I got out of school I'm thinking okay and I don't even know if this is true till to the, for today with these with the kids coming out of school because the cost of living and the cost of everything just has gone up way 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 higher but I remember you have to start at the bottom, especially in my field. So if you're going to try to get into TV and radio, you got to like start as an intern or maybe just go to... So I went to an AM station. It was called Wixie Wixie, 1360, and it was a country station. I'm like, okay, I love every kind of music. So I'm like, country, yeah, I like country. So when I got there, my mother comes in with me, which is really weird. You know, you're 18 years old. No, I was like 20-something. 21 or whatever, I come in to audition and try to give my resume, and and she comes in with me. She's wearing this hat, and she has the price tag hanging on the hat. I'm like, Mom, what are you doing? When we left there, I said, What the heck? You have your price tag on, you know, like Minnie Pearl. I think that was her when she had that hat on with the, the tag hanging on. I'm like, Ma, you could... I say, Ma, sorry, it's Pittsburghese. I said, What were you thinking? First of all, why'd you come in with me? I look like a little kid. Here's my mommy for my interview. And my mommy has a hat on with the tag. <laughs> she didn't even know she had it. We laughed so hard. We had a, oh, did we have a chuckle? I still laugh about it. But I did, I got the job, and you know, when you're starting at the bottom, I'm getting that 5 a.m. shift till midnight, and this was in McKeesport, PA, so I was a little bit scared driving at night because it was like in the middle of the night, like after 12 or when I would come early in the morning, there's nobody around. I'd stop at the convenience store, get a coffee, get the newspaper, because basically, you're not going to believe this, the first day I started, well, maybe not the first day, because I found out the week before I started, it changed, the format changed. The format, to me, you got to kind of know a little bit of it, but I went in there, and I said, what's the format now? Sports. I thought, sports? I don't know anything about sports. (laughs) I mean, I had to read it from the newspaper, but luckily with my boyfriend, I said, can you help me write the sports? So He would help me like in the backyard brawl with pit in west virginia i mean i didn't even know what it was saying and i was like hello is anybody out there listening at five o'clock in the morning i could not get the station to come on at six o'clock um if anybody's in the television industry radio industry they understand like you gotta you cannot be late you gotta get that started up and having that the fcc license you know all that jazz but i finally got it started and so I did the sports. I, you know, I didn't like it, but I did it. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Then they said, You want to make some extra money? I'm sure like, Sure. So then I would come in on Saturdays and Sunday mornings. I'd do the polka and wrap it on racing. Racing in PA is, wow, well, I don't know if it still is, but it was very, very common. I don't know if that's the word. I mean, I just, such a following. People loved racing. So I remember, um, oh, I can't think of his name, but the host for Rapid on Racing, really nice guy. He'd mostly be in location. I'd be producing, you know, back at the station. And he said, Jen, why don't you come to one of the races? I'm like, oh my gosh, how exciting. So my stepdad and I got in the truck. We came down to (sighs) something Speedway. Oh, jeez. You'd think I did my homework, people. But I remember we got down. It was a dirt track. I don't know, you know, I didn't know anything about racing, so we sat up, we went down there, he introduced me to people, it was so much fun. I can't tell you how much dirt I had coming out of my pores. I had dirt in my teeth, because you know, you open your mouth. Dirt in my hair, dirt in my nose, dirt in my ears, dirt in... But I was like, hey, this was kind of fun, even though I look like Pigpen from uh, Charlie Brown. <laughs> I had a dust, as I loved there. But that was, that was a lot of fun doing that. So that was my first... Real job out of college, Wixie Wixie 1360 radio station. But, you know, then I thought, okay, I'm going to get into TV a little bit. I want to kind of check out television because I think maybe there's more money in television, but I don't know. I went for an internship at QED. And back then, when we did internships, I think it's so much different now. We didn't really get paid. We were, I think I was doing that in between. Like, I think I was at QED as, I think it was a promotion assistant there, and I was working in the summer before I was graduating. So I think that's what I was doing. Met some people, there were some other girls that were interning, and this one, oh, I'll never forget. She was just, she was horrible. It was like we were competing, like who's the better intern? I'll never forget that. And I remember I had to do these, oh, my goodness, what are they called, where I'd have to highlight copywriters, something like that. So I remember doing it, and I would go over it again and again, making sure I got it right. And my boss said, she wrote in my review for school, she's a perfectionist. And I thought, is that bad? Is that bad to be a perfectionist at a job? When you're an intern and you want to make a really good impression, I mean, I just was very thorough, thorough, yes, with my work. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was doing it correctly. And, you know, you don't want to screw it up and be that person. So I guess perfection, it's okay. I don't know. It seemed like it was a bad thing back then. I I was doing that. And then the next year, somebody was on maternity leave. So they're like, hey, Jen, do you want to work? a QED and work at this position. I'm like, sure, I would love it. So I was like a secretary and it was fine and I'd run around and do some stuff for some people and just, you know, do my thing. Um, felt a little intimidated a little bit because, you know, I didn't have the experience, so I was still learning. And especially with a public radio station or public t- television st- station, PBS, you know, it's it's different. It's their funding is so different. And there was auditions the one day for, for a pledge host. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, they said, Jen, you're not going to get it. You're too young. And I said, wait a minute. I went to the audition. I straightened my hair. If you would see my hair back then, I had the biggest, curliest hair ever. Okay, I had like a degree in big hair Jenny 80s day. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> so I remember I straightened my hair. And I put glasses on, and I wore a nice suit, and I went in there, and I auditioned. They're like, you got the job. I'm like, no way. I was so excited. So the one time I was a pledge host, and I would say stuff like, make sure you know your kids are all watching Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. Make sure to send in your money and you know, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember everything. So I remember the, my boyfriend, I said to him, make sure you watch while well, he was at the bar. It was some Italian bar, and he said, "Guys, guys, you got to put on QED." They're like, "QED? We don't, we, we don't watch QED." Either. He's like, "Just put it on. My girlfriend's on there." <laughs> so he, he turns it on, and there's me up there with my glasses, and I'm like, "And our kids should be watching this." I'm acting like I have kids. Meanwhile, I think it was like twenty two, twenty three. I, you know, and I just enjoyed it. It was like, I was on TV. I don't even have that tape anymore. Like a cassette, or not a cassette tape? A, no, not a DVD. Oh, jeez, Jenny. Boy, you're showing your age. But I remember I don't even think I have it, like in the VCR. Those kind of tapes. Oh, jeez. But I don't remember having it, so it would be so cool to see what what it was like back then because it was hilarious. So after I was doing uh, work in a QED, I started looking for other jobs, and I remember I went... This is bad. I went on this interview. I thought, hey... It's, I can't remember the name of the company, but it was a traffic announcer. I thought, I could do a traffic announcer. So there was a guy in a helicopter, and you would, he would report the traffic to you. Then you would put it in order of most important to the least important. And I think it was, so the test was so hard because she basically said to me, okay, Jen, um, put this in order. So it was, think about this you're in traffic. Do you want to know about construction? I don't know. Is that number one? Do you want to know about um, an accident? I don't know. Is that number one? What about a school, uh, schools letting out traffic or rush hour traffic? Then there was also, um, what was the other thing? I already said construction, right? Yes. Road closures. It just, there were so many different options and I was like, I don't know. Then I had to say the streets and you know they had it on there on the maps and I thought I've been living here all my life. I have no idea how to do this traffic announcing. Well, needless to say I did not get the job and I don't even think I could handle that job. It was hard. I'm telling you people it was hard. <laughs> I mean I was like, "Wait." So, then I would go Why am I saying so? I, I got to take that out. I went to Fox 53 and WB 22, which is up on, oh, that was pretty far drive for me. It was almost like an hour drive because I was in the South Hills. So I was, I was driving up McKnight Road, McKnightmare. And I remember my first job there was a promotions assistant. And I loved it. We would do promotions. We'd go out on the field. I would help write. Then I'd go back and help edit. I enjoyed it. Then I was moving up my ladder, and I became, I think it became promotions director. I think it was promotions director. And love that. I have to tell you about Kurt Angle. If you're from Pittsburgh, you know Kurt Angle, the wrestler. So when I was doing that, I, my one girlfriend and I love her, Casey, I love her. She said, let's do a kids' show on Saturdays. And I thought, sure, I'll help you. And I think another girlfriend, Michelle, so the three of us were working on this teenage show. It's hard because, you know, on a Saturday you want to bring some more format to the station. So we thought, okay, let's do it. It's called, it was called Foxscape. And we would go down to the beehive in the south side, and I'd talk to young kids, like, "What's going on? What do you guys do? You know, talk about driving?" And I remember I'd put music together. So I think that's why I like doing this podcast is because it's creative. It's bringing my creative side out where you're picking the music and you're you're picking the shots and you're doing all that. so I, I think that's what makes me so intrigued by doing a podcast. And I remember the one time we went downtown and we were shooting a commercial, it was Kurt Angle. So we had cue cards up and he just have to read the cue cards. There was a lot of different celebrities around town that we would have the cue cards up. So he did really well, really nice guy. So then I thought, you know what, I need to make more money. So my girlfriend's like, you need to get into sales because sales is where the money's at. I said, oh, I know, I know. But at Fox and WB, I got... Somebody quit, or they were scrambling for somebody. And usually, they'll try to get somebody inside the station that's already there that has the credentials. But they made me marketing director. I went from making eighteen thousand to thirty. I mean, come on, people! I know you're saying, "Wow, Jenny!" Back then, that was a lot of money. I had my own desk, my own office, and the salespeople would come into my office, marketing director, like I knew what I was talking about, and we would come up with this. We called it the battle book. It was like a marketing, different options for the clients and customers. We'd go out, you know, depending on what their media dollars were. We would put marketing packages together. I'd go to car dealerships with them. We try to work with them. So we had this battle book of all different options. Because TV sales, you know, do, being intangible, you know, basically what I'm doing to is intangible. You do not, you can't guarantee someone. Hey, guess what? We're going to do this promotion, we're going to put you on the air, you'll have commercials on, and then you're going to have like 100 people stop at your car dealership this weekend. You cannot promise anything, but you can show numbers and where people are listening and who are your target audience. Anyway, I know, I don't want to bore you. (laughs) That was my expertise. but I remember before I was marketing director, I forgot to tell you this. They were like, oh, so-and-so, I'm not going to mention his name. I was marketing assistant before I think I was marketing director. So they needed someone to come in, and he goes, I need someone to come in and take notes for me. He's like, Jen, come take notes for me. Well, I felt so offended. I felt like, I'm not your secretary. Like, you don't pay me to, be, to work for you. You know, but you can't, back then, or anybody, I don't know, you just feel like you don't have a say. You are low on the totem pole. You can't say anything. But I remember in the back of my mind, I thought, you know what? And I did not like this fellow very much. He just made me feel like I was not, what's the word? That I was someone that he could just tell what to do. And I was like, I don't like that. (laughs) I know, Jenny D, you got to do what you got. You got to bite your tongue sometimes. You just got to bite your tongue. So I remember after... um, When I well, I didn't do that for very long because I think I complained to my friend Casey, and she was my boss. I'm like, I don't want to work there. I don't want to do anything for him. So, when we did the marketing directing, I loved it. But I ended up getting married, and we ended up moving. So when we we moved to Ohio, and I thought, what am I going to do here? So I looked at the only stations, the Word, and I. I actually don't think I even got the job, so I just worked at Kaufman's. <laughs> and let me tell you, retail—don't mock it, people. Retail is hard. First of all, you don't know what kind of customer you're going to get that day. And Kaufman's—I don't know if every all my listeners know what Kaufman's is, but this uh, store was a big store, and they had all different departments, kind of like Macy's is. And we would—I um, worked in the children's department. Now, I remember they'd say, Jen, there might be a secret shopper coming in. And they are, if you don't say the person's name, like look at their, uh, their credit card and say, thank you, Mrs. DeLucia. How are you today? Or just make small talk or try to, I don't know. Just, But you have to say their last name and you have to be very polite and whatever. Well, I remember this one lady came in. And she was yelling at me because I was taking the kids' clothes off the hanger. And this is, you know, think about this. I don't have kids. I don't really know a lot about retail. And she's like, you're going to stretch out the collar. You're going to stretch out this. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, babe, well, please. I'm not curing cancer. Why are you being so mean to me? <laughs> I was like, and I, I'm very sensitive. So I take things to heart. And, you know, it gets to me sometimes, but... You know, you got to start. You got to do some of those jobs. But I, I wasn't barely making make um, money because I bought a whole new bedroom set and the comforter, and everything like that. So I enjoyed that. But you know, I just wasn't fulfilled. So then we moved to New Jersey. My husband's job got got transferred, which I said to no, "We're lucky we're still married because moving three or four times in your first year of marriage." Is not very good. And putting your stuff in storage and taking it out and blah, blah, blah. So we went to New Jersey. We lived in Edison and he was working in New York. So I thought, you know what? This is it. I could be on MTV. I could work on ABC. I could be at a soap opera. I would love that. Oh, just to be somebody else for the day and just enjoy the character. I thought, this is it, Jenny. You can do whatever you want to do. Well, I was. Doing, getting some interviews set up And I knew a girl that uh, I knew from Fox That was working at ABC And I thought, she said, she'll get me an interview And I was like, that's great I don't even care what you get me Just, I would just love to work in New York At one of the television stations Well, my husband's job We were only there three months So we did, we did have to come back to Pittsburgh But I remember, I was that person Now this is not really a paid job but I I went to the Maury Povid show. Well, you know, this is how naive I was. Hey, everybody, jump in this van if you want to go to the Maury Povid show. And I was like, okay, you know, jump in this van with strangers, hoping they're taking me to the Maury Povid show. But I, back then, you just trusted people. You didn't think anything of it. So we get there, and I'm sitting in the crowd. And, you know, they had some cards set up, you know, applause or They'd start like, oh my gosh, and you'd be like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was a little rehearsed, just so you know, a little, that was my take on it. I remember somebody came you don't know what to believe, because some of the stories and some of the people just, to me, didn't seem authentic, or that, yeah, maybe they were telling the story, but it just didn't seem like real, and I'm sure it was, but I don't know, <laughs> to me, it seemed rehearsed. So, you know, I'm in the audience. Everybody said they saw me in the audience. They're like, what are you doing? I said, listen, I'm having fun in New York. So we ended up coming back to Pittsburgh. And that's when I worked at UPN-19 and KDK. They were kind of merging. But UPN-19, when we were talking about racing before, wrestling is such a big thing back then. I'm sure it still is. I think it was WWE. So selling airtime for that was a no-brainer. And there were people that you would not expect, and they were like, yeah, I I would love to put my ad, my commercial around the time that WWE's on. And I thought, wow, okay, great. I mean, tons and tons of people in the surrounding area of Pittsburgh wanted to advertise because they loved wrestling, and wrestling is so big. I don't know if people remember like Andre the Giant and... Was it Junkyard Dog and, oh, geez, Randy, oh, I can't, Peter Piper, <laughs> I know I'm messing up. That, getting back to Kurt Angle, I know I mentioned that earlier. So when I was, um, I was selling sales, sales is where the money's at if you really think about it, and, but this is... This was UPN-19, so we were kind of like an off station. We weren't like the main stations, which that was back then when there wasn't that many stations. (laughs) So I remember I I got this client, and they were a small business. And for me in sales, I have to be honest, I don't like to push things on people, and if I see they don't have the budget for it, then I I don't want to harass them. So I remember I went to... um, the mall, and I found this shop, a new business. We were trying to get new businesses. She had a wrestling store with all the wrestling pictures and posters and knickknacks and anything you wanted. And I said to her, and she's like, "I need sales. I'm telling these selling these T-shirts, and I just need more sales." And I said, "Well, let me talk to Kurt Angle because this is, he wasn't as big then." So I called Kurt Angle's agent, talked to him, and it was like five hundred bucks which I think she had a pay, and we had this contest. And we had Kurt Angle come out to Century Three Mall because she was up on the top floor. I can't remember the name of her store. It'll come to me. I had her um, people were wrapped around the building. I mean, people came out to see Kurt Angle. He was signing autographs. He was the nicest, nicest guy. And I, I, you know, back then I didn't think anything of it. Now I think about it, I'm like, Kurt Angle, like that was so wonderful. I don't know if anybody else can go out there and say, you know, he might have been one of the first ones on one of my, um, like a commercial or just on television promoting a small business. She did great. After that, it was wonderful being in the sales and being in UPN and I got to do the contest. So there was a contest that we did. Oh, yeah, yeah, wait a minute. When did I? I would go to the Steeler Games too. Okay, all right, I'm back to So I remember with um, UPN, I would do the wrestling, and I would end up going to the wrestling matches. And my boyfriend came with me, And I, because he said he wants to meet The Rock. So I said, you can come backstage with me, but please don't act like, you know, oh, you know, because I think guys get starstruck too. They get so excited, especially with wrestling being so big in Pittsburgh. So we had this contest and I had these girls and their boyfriends come backstage because they won tickets and they won backstage passes. So who do you think we see first is The Rock. He is the nicest, and he is very good looking, and he's got muscles, nice arms. I mean, just a nice guy. Took pictures with my husband because my husband was like a little kid in the candy store. He's like the rock. So he loved that, and then he took pictures with the other girls, and I think Ric Flair. Maybe that's what I meant to say. So a couple of the other wrestlers I took pictures with, and I got to show you because I think I still have them, but I'm like, Whoa can't remember their names, but I know they were pretty, pretty big then, too. So that was a lot of fun. That was a great job. But I remember also I did the contest because I liked promotions. I didn't mind doing going out, doing promotions, being in an event. I love that kind of stuff. Talking to people and just feeling so important with my UPN19 uh, logo shirt on. And I remember the Steeler Games. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was at... Oh, my gosh, Andrew Stocke's going to kill me. I forgot all about working at TAE and 96.1, Variety 96. That's where the Steeler Promotions um, games that I went to. I remember people, oh, that was bad. Oh, I have to tell you something. (gasps) Okay, so 96.1, Variety 96.1 was in the uh, TAE's building. And I remember I was producer. So the producer is that person who you call in, and I I screen the calls. So I'm like, Hila, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you want to talk about? So I'm like, okay, they sound like they're normal. Okay, so I put them through. Well, the one time I had this um, Rocco Pandola, which he's not from Pittsburgh, and you can tell, and people were not happy with him. He had like a a group of people that were just haters, you know, just the things he would say, and... You know, I think he was one of those jocks that tried to just shock you. And I remember one night, um, some guy threatened him. And him and I were so scared to leave. And I worked at 11 o'clock at night. This was first out of school, too. 11 o'clock at night, so 11 p.m. till 6 in the morning. So that's how I met Andrew Stocking, and some of the news people, because they would come down, because they have to come downstairs anyway, so they'd pass my... And I'd be in there by myself, you know, putting cassettes in and getting, I know it sounds old, and getting uh, the morning show ready, which was the 96.1. So he'd be talking to me, we'd be chit-chatting, and I'd be like, oh, you guys are done, and they'd go out, and I thought, I want to go out, but I knew I had to be there all all night, which wasn't bad, but, you know, I mean, that's where you got to start back then. You got to start at the bottom, and I just, oh. Wait to hear this. Okay. I know I said that earlier, but no, wait to hear this. So they need some people on the weekends, not needed some extra money. So I was working there was a basketball game or a football game, I'm not sure. Myron Cope, Bill Hillgrove, Guy Junker, and I oh gosh, what is his name? He worked at the station too, ninety six point one. He was a he was a, a talk show or DJ at night, uh, I can't think of his name, but big guy, had talked about sports, anyway, he was there too. So they were off site, and I was back at the station, and I remember I was getting, like cassette tapes ready for the next person who was going to be producing, because that's what you do. So I'm in the back getting cassettes. I put this caller through, and I run back. He sang the F word, all through the, like, you're this, you're that. I run back and I hit the delay button, which is seven second delay, but it already went over. And see, you would get fined by the FCC, oh, there's Puppy. And so I was like, oh no, oh my gosh, they're going to fire me. Well, when they got off the air, they're like, who's back at the station? And they're yelling and stuff, not Myron, he's a sweetheart. But they're like, who is that back there? like, I'm sorry. I, I thought I hit the button. Well, you should have known, and you should stay on top of that. And, oh, I cried like a baby. I felt so horrible. I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to fire me. Well, they didn't fire me, so I still had a job. So yeah, I would work for all those different talk shows at night, and I would go upstairs. Sometimes during the day, I'd be there, and I'd go upstairs, and I'd have lunch, and I'd see Sally Wiggin and, and all those... Um, Anchors from Channel Four, so that was nice. So when I worked there, they also needed someone to do promotions for the Steelers, Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would uh, contest winners again, and I would get down to the game early. I'd meet them down there. We'd go watch the music. There was always like a concert going on before the game. We would go into the Steeler game, and there were bleachers. At the end of the end zone, I don't remember. And it actually was near the locker room of the Steelers. Because I remember they were coming out and I was like, I was like a little kid. I'm like, hi, 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 good luck, hi, good luck. And they're probably like, who is this girl? <laughs> who is this woman? And I had these box lunches for all my contests when I was like 25 of us. So I was actually on the bleachers on the field on the end zone. Let me tell you, people were jealous. I was like, hi, I'm down here. You're up in peanut heaven. <laughs> that that was a lot of fun. Those kind of jobs to me wasn't like I was working. I was having fun. I was seeing the Steelers up close and meeting new people. And I had my press pass around my neck. So I felt so important. Here's me, John day. So those were just some of my jobs. I'm trying to think if there was anyone that I worked in retail with the kids growing up because I thought, oh, I'll get a discount. So I worked at American Eagle and White House Black Market, and I hated being on my feet. And I think I have a sickness because I could never leave without buying something. So I would buy with my paycheck. So I really didn't have a paycheck because I'd end up buying the clothes, belts, purse, shoes. Don't call me because I will buy anything you tell me to buy. Well, not everything. Maybe if it's hot pink, I will. <laughs> so those were um, those were fun days. I mean, there's just so many jobs out there, and I know everybody's got a story. So I am next. I'm going to give you some of the insights of some of my listeners that posted and commented and gave me their first jobs. Make sure to tune in. Okay, now I'm ready to tell you about some of the people that. Put comments and posted what their first jobs were. So Michael says that he was a paper boy. I remember the paper boys. Do we still have what, paper boys? I don't even know. Or paper girls. And then Jackie, my neighbor, said she was a pharmacy tech for her dad. That's a good job. That's very good for your resume, Jackie. And then I have a bunch of babysitters. Val was a babysitter first. My daughter, Lexi, was a babysitter. Kathy was a babysitter. So those are those easy jobs, and they were just you know cash. So that was nice. Stacey said that she was a cargo unlimited store she worked at in the North Hills. She said it's like a Pier 1. I've never heard of it, but I'm in the South Hills. So I don't stray to the North Hills when I was younger. Christiana says she was a hostess at the Red Bull Inn. Oh, yeah, that was near my house in Pleasant Hills. A <laughs> hostess with the is. Tammy, who is my spin instructor, says spinning wheels. That's a little ironic, right? Spinning wheels, and she's my spin instructor. That was a roller skating rink. I think it was like in Bethel, but she said she loved it. She used to go backwards with her roller skates. Okay, (laughs) Tammy. And then I have another friend, Stacy. She's a neighbor. She worked at her parents' ice cream store. Oh, that sounds like fun. Uh, Nolan worked at Yoli's Rollie's Pizza. I have Julie. Julie was a movie theater popcorn and candy girl. I love that smell of that popcorn. I could eat it all the time. (laughs) Thanks, Julie. Wendy said she worked at Yum Yum Donuts, which I'm not really familiar with that, Yum Yum Donuts. And then we have Mary Jane. There's a couple people that said that they worked at Dairy Queen, but Mary Jane worked at the Dairy Queen at Century 3 Mall. If anybody is from the South Hills of Pittsburgh, PA, Century 3 Mall was a place to go back in the day. Now it's... I don't even know if it's still open right now. (laughs) Corey said that baton twirling instructor. I would like to see that, Corey. I would like to see you do it, throwing the baton up in the air. (laughs) Hey, I did baton. Wasn't very good though. Clem. Oh my gosh. Clem was a toll booth operator. Okay, Clem. I I feel like that was an easy job sitting there and just collecting money and tickets or whatever. That sounds like a pretty good job. Jeannie says she worked at Carnegie Library because she's so smart. Jeannie's a (laughs) smarty. Sam said she worked at Wendy's, which that's one of my favorite fast foods. Stacy, um, who was on my podcast with Love Stories, worked at Shop and Save. And my sister-in-law, Melissa, I think she worked at Shop and Save as a cashier as well. Then we have Marsha. Marsha was selling personalized holiday cards door-to-door. Oh, you, you know, it's hard to go door-to-door nowadays, but I remember you'd be selling anything going door-to-door. I did Children's Hospital. I was raising money for, for that. And Liz, Liz also said she was Dairy Queen, but I don't know if she was Century 3 Mall or somewhere else. Sean, my brother, was a bagger at Giant Eagle. He was a pretty good bagger. <laughs> I'll tell you what If I go and I have to bag myself I'm terrible I throw the bread on the bottom And cans on top So Sean I give you a lot of credit My brother And then Mark Mark was supposed to give me something on LinkedIn And I'm waiting for his So that might be in a a text Because I'm anxious to hear what he has to say So those were some of the people that commented and wanted to talk about their first jobs with me, Jenny D. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me with Spill With Me, Jenny D. You can be anonymous I think that it's going to help all of us, and let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny Dean.